welcome to the first edition of this brand new podcast that we're going to be doing. This is Pastor Quint Lindblad, and I'm so excited to be uh, doing this. Like I said in last week's announcement, I'm going to be trying to do one of these podcasts every uh, every other week or so throughout 2020 and just bring in some people that are close to me and some people that uh, I do various types of ministry with and, and just anybody really that I think uh, we could have a great conversation with and uh, unpack things and just talk about different aspects of life and faith journey and stuff like that. So um, anyways, my first guest, as I said last week, is with me here today, and it is my friend, my pastor, and my boss, Pastor Nicole Schreiber, and so I'm excited uh, to introduce you to her. Pastor Nicole, would you say hello? Yay, so glad to be here. Thanks, Quinn. Yeah, so thanks for uh, giving me the space to do this and for making this something that uh, can be part of kind of eerie first story and maybe beyond that in 2020, but um, I thought what would be really cool on this first podcast is to talk about, I had this topic a couple years ago, um, I, I had the vision for this podcast a couple years ago, but didn't really have like the clarity on how to do it, and so um, I had recorded one, and then it just really never got legs, I feel like now's the right time, and the first topic though, I still love that first topic, and so we're going to go at it today, and uh, Pastor Nicole is actually going to speak into it, I think it's going to be great. The topic is, callings do not work with conditions, and mm. so I, um, you know, I'll be on these every other week. I'm sure as we go, I'll unpack some of my story, tell some of the things that have happened to me. But I really think it'd be beneficial for people to hear your story, Pastor Nicole, and just kind of how you came to be where you are right now, lead yeah. pastor at Erie First, and, um, you know, just some of that journey. Because many people probably know it, but also many people might not. So if you would share uh, in whatever length, uh, you want to, okay. kind of how we got there. I'm excited to hear it and, and share it with people. Yeah, um, so good. So I, um, my first step into ministry was with Chi Alpha uh, Campus Ministry, which is a college outreach, Assemblies of God college outreach to the university. And uh, my husband and I did that together for about 12 years, which was a amazing blessing and honor and learned so much through that little over a decade of my life. And through um, that, we both got credentialed with the Assemblies of God, which was an, an honor and awesome to be part of uh, a movement that really believes in uh, reaching reaching the last on all levels. And so, um, so Joel and I served together. And one of the things I remember about um, maybe six years into our our ministry, I heard a sermon, and uh, the the man was just talking about. Um, always giving your yes to God before you even know all the details and that that is true faith. And so I kind of coined this phrase in my own life um, that my yes was on the table before I even knew uh, what God was asking me to do. And so I, I tried to live by that as much as I could. Right. Um, and so so oftentimes I would get opportunities um, to maybe speak or share at places and I would always say yes. And sometimes I was surprised at what that required of me, but it was always um, such a great experience whether I succeeded or failed even in those moments. Um, and so I really tried to, uh, my relationship with the Lord, I always tried to have this relationship of, yes, Lord, like, yes, whatever it is you're asking me to do. Now, of course, as you know, uh, Quint, we've talked, uh, that takes some discernment. You know, it doesn't mean you say yes to every right. single possible thing that right. happens. But um, but there were a lot of opportunities the Lord would bring to me, and maybe they felt scary or... or um, 
or intimidating, but just by saying yes, God would be faithful and he would teach me the things I needed to, to hear. So fast forward, I think kind of what brings me, why I share that story is because um, about over, a little over three years ago now, uh, yeah. which time flies when you're having Crazy. fun there, right, right. Um, I was approached by uh, my home church, Erie First Assembly, um, to come on staff as executive pastor of ministries which was a big shift for me uh, because I had worked in Kyle for so long. And I remember praying and praying and asking the Lord, you know, what I should do. And again, him sort of flashing back to this moment of, well, even though you don't know everything that there is ahead of you, put your yes on the table. And so I said yes, and I came. And um, we, uh, through a series of, of very fast and unexpected leadership changes in those few months, really for all of us. Um, in less than two weeks of my first day on the job, um, Pastor Jack departed. He, he had been here for 21 years. And so before I even got my first official paycheck, I was asked to serve as the interim lead pastor of your first wow, assembly. That's crazy. <laughs> so um, little did I know what my yes was opening um, the door. And so you're um, like, not that, that's not the yes I said. I right. said the other yes. <laughs> right. You know, sometimes you don't know what yes you're saying when you say it. That's right. That's probably a different podcast. That, yeah, I think it is. Um, but I am, you know, I'm obviously, I'm young. Um, I'm a mother of three small children. I had no official lead pastor experience, um, and I'm a woman. And so I think all of these sort of distinct qualities about myself um, were um, perhaps made it almost a little bit... Um, uh, almost like unreal or something that, that people wouldn't expect, maybe unexpected that I would be in this role. Um, in fact, I remember I was at a, uh, early on, I was at a lunch with several pastors in the city and, um, we were all going around saying what we, what we did. And, 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 uh, many of these pastors knew Pastor Jack from before. And this one man, I said to him, uh, what I did, I'm the interim lead pastor at your first assembly. And he about fell out of his chair. Yeah. I mean, he was so <laughs> he was looking at me like you, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I that, that's what I think. You know, right, <laughs> I'm, right. I'm I'm just as surprised as you are sometimes. But um, but how faithful that God can be in in moving us into seasons of our life that we don't always expect or that we don't feel qualified for, um, because it has very little to do with us and has very much to do with our obedience and and humility and and things that we you know bring to the table. So anyway. Um, I would say throughout the journey of those couple months, um, the church was in a, a harder season, I would say, than, than maybe it had been in the past. And yeah. so we, we were faced with some difficult decisions and difficult things. But um, God was so faithful. And uh, many well-meaning, very, very well-meaning people um, tried to talk me out of even considering having a permanent role, um, for a lot of reasons, you know, there were a lot of, and, and, and people loved me. I mean, they loved me, but right. they would kind of see it maybe in the natural and say, uh, boy, this is going to be a pretty difficult task or, you sure. know, or may, are you in the right life stage? You know, things right, like that. Right, right, right. Um, but really what the Lord taught me in that is when someone tries to talk you out of, um, pursuing the dream that God planted within you, or someone questions the voice of God that, that, that he's said to you, um, that we're actually in really good company. Um, Joseph in the scripture, right. Daniel, Elisha, mm -hmm. Paul, even Jesus knew that feeling. People questioned his ministry. They questioned why he was doing what he did. And so uh, stepping into that uncertainty, stepping into that unpredictability of chasing God's purposes does not make logical sense, even to people that love you. <laughs> and right, so they right. can kind of have this voice of well-meaning. Um, but every time I sort of forged through the questions and through the criticisms, 
my faith got stronger. And honestly, my call got clearer because I began to replay in my mind, how would I answer them? And what do I think about this? And God was showing me over and over that um, sometimes resistance solidifies that I was going in the right direction. And so that was a really beautiful moment for me. And honestly, I think God used uh, those conversations and those people to really show me this very clear vision for where God was taking me next. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, for, so for about four months, I was interim, uh, which just means I, I was here temporarily. I led the staff team and the congregation. And um, I remember we had our first Christmas and, you know, all these things that were yeah. happening. We wasn't sure what was going to happen uh, through the next year. Um, but we really made a lot of progress. I, I felt as though uh, there was a lot of vision and hope and purpose kind of being planted in those moments. Um a scripture I really hung on to, I wanted to share, was from Exodus 4, 10 through 12. And Moses says to the Lord, uh, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. So Moses is telling the Lord, like, here's what I'm not good at. Right, <laughs> you know, here's, right. here's the things I'm not good at. And the Lord says to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Like, who makes them deaf or mute? Mm. Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. And I felt like I had so many of these uh, Moses God conversations still. I mean, three years into this journey, I'm still having these conversations where I'm saying to the Lord, um, I don't know how to deal with this. This feels chaotic. This transition is difficult. Um, All I can really do is show up. Like all I can really do is give you my whole life, my whole day, my my whole, you know, give you these situations. And, um, I, I didn't always know the perfect decisions. I still don't, but I do know how to seek God's voice. And right. I felt like the Holy Spirit just reminded me consistently. He would help me. He would teach me. This was his church. This is his, I'm, right. my life is his, you know, to, I've given it to him, right? I gave my yes to him. And so if I would just continue um, to give myself over to him in obedient ways that he would continue to guide me. And so my part was obedience, courage, and faith. And God's part was all the rest. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and that was such a, a huge lesson for me and still obviously really working that out. But um, I think so much of the time we try to do our part and God's part, you know, all, all at the same time in our right. calling. And um, God doesn't need or want us to do his part of the plan. In fact, I think when we try, we can't. <laughs> and right. so we end up either getting frustrated or things aren't accomplished the way we thought. But when we can clearly kind of differentiate between our role and God's role, um, I think our course is more defined and honestly, the results are more fruitful. You know, we right. get further faster when we're partnering with the, the you know, the right. God of the well, universe. And to jump in on that, I mean, sure. that is what putting a condition on a calling is yeah. when you're trying to do God's part. And so even perfect example is those well-meaning people, those people who loved you that were questioning, mm-hmm. is this right? Could this be right? You know, could you actually do this in your life stage or whatever? They're posing it as questions, but their conditions, their, their mm-hmm. ideas of like, are you considering all the things? And of course we should be wise and we should weigh all of the things that our choices will affect or our career choices or whatever. But, you know, we do need to be careful because that is where you put, you put, um, yeah, conditions. I mean, I don't know what other words to use for it on that calling mm-hmm. and it gets in the way it slows down progress, uh, because you're trying to take matters into your own hands or, or do it how you think might be best. Yeah. And that is a, I think that's a constant leadership struggle. Yeah. hundred percent. And we have to almost deal with it every day of our, no matter what, if you're listening and you're 
been in ministry for a year or a hundred years, right. or if you're serving in your church right. or you're trying to figure out, you know, so often we say like, we'll serve God if mm-hmm. um, they're singing the songs I like or right, they're right. Uh, run, using the curriculum in kids' church I know or whatever. Yeah. And God's saying, no, no, that's not what I'm asking you to do. And right. so, um, so that was such a huge um, moment of learning for me, moments, uh, you know, over many months. So, uh, about four months go by, and the church council says, hey, we're going to start looking for a pastor. And I said, okay. And they said, um, you can put your name in if you want. Mm. And so I um, talked to my husband and you know, really prayed it through. And I felt a very specific and significant calling on my life to serve in this role. Mm. Um, I did never thought I would do it. Right, <laughs> I right, never right, thought right. I would be the, the lead pastor, but I certainly felt the significant burden and the call for it. Um, the Lord had given me a really clear vision for this church and where he wanted to take your first assembly. And I believe that we've taken steps into that over these past you know, few years. And that's another podcast too, but yeah, you yeah. know, but with so many good things, but the church board, um, voted unanimously to put my name forward to the congregation, which was really, um, amazing to me because there were some on the board that initially opposed the idea, but over time had, had had this sort of, um, change of heart, change of vote. I think when they saw some of the, um, the things in in firsthand of what could happen, even though they, they didn't maybe put my particular, you know, uh, gender or my particular age in this role. Um, and so the congregation, uh, the way our, denomination works is you have to go before the congregation and they have to vote. And so, um, they affirmed me with overwhelming support and, um, I'll just be really honest. No one was more surprised than me. I mean, really, no one was more surprised than me. Um, and, and so clearly in that day, um, the Holy Spirit of God reminded me, um, that this is how he has chosen to build the kingdom of God. Like mm. he, he's doing it through ordinary men and ordinary women. He's doing it through maybe people who feel like the underdogs, who feel like their voice doesn't count. And um, he just reminded me that God is far less intimidated by our insecurities and limitations than we are. And mm. that our, our confidence needs to be fully in his faithfulness because it has very little to do with what we can do and who we are right. and so much more of what we can yield ourselves, what our yes can do. Right. You know, And so I think... Just to close up my part of the story, um, and so obviously this was three years ago, and so now um, serving here as lead pastor, but I think um, to close up this part of my story, I, I would just encourage, again, anyone that tunes in, and maybe this is why the Lord has you tune in right now, is that if you feel like the underdog, if you feel like you don't have what it takes to even do the dream, like you don't have the skills to match the dream right, in your right. heart, or or you feel like you don't have anything to offer, um, that God himself is rooting for you, and mm. that he will, if you put your guests on the table, he will make a way, right. you know, for you to, to serve and, and make kingdom impact. Yeah, so. that's so good. You know, what's funny is um, I had a friend, so... Nicole's talking about 2017 would have been the year that you were voted in, February uh, of 17. Yeah. Okay, so I had a friend yes. in like maybe 2014, 2015 that was part of Chi Alpha. Um, that, so, so anyways, I kind of like, I knew Nicole way before I ever worked for Nicole. Like I knew of her. Mm-hmm. We kind of ran, we had similar friends in similar circles. And I, probably on probably the Instagram version or whatever, but I heard your put your yes on the table message two, three years before, you know, you ended up even probably 2015. So it's just crazy how like Hmm. 
that I wouldn't say that was your reputation, but like that was your that was your message. You know, you know yeah. what I mean. And you lived it out, and it's so awesome to see that um, that is how it goes. And I mean, I would say, and I won't tell all my story now, but very similar. I wrote my first book's called Yield. It's also my first tattoo, and uh, it's because <laughs> that was the word that I really attached myself to. That I realized when I mm. yielded to him, I just gave up. You know, I'll, I'm willing to do whatever, and uh, I'm willing to go wherever. I'm willing to. Uh, you know, to pursue this calling that I feel you've placed on my life, whatever the cost. And the ironic thing is when I said that, I applied all over the country for jobs and ended up 45 minutes from my hometown working yeah. here in Erie, but yeah. I love it. So anyways, um, I just, I totally echo all that sentiment because it's, it, it really is like, what are we holding on to that we think if we can control this part of it, God can have the rest? Because yeah. it can't be like this partial right partial offering or, or it limits what he's able to do. Yeah. I think another thing too, um, about maybe just this whole, the yes or yield, you know, thing mm-hmm. is, um, we talk a lot about this on staff together is, um, being willing to do all the small things right. that add up to the big thing. So I think a lot of people, maybe they enter into our lives and they say, Wow, how do you? How did you get the opportunity to um, be be sharing God's word every Sunday or to right. a group of a, a bigger group of people? Right. But that didn't come one day in a package on my front door. You right. know, I mean, like the sermon didn't come on the back of a truck, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it took years and years of us doing, uh, and still, and yeah. still, right now, you know, doing the small things. And so, I think one thing just to encourage people as they're working out their calling, working out the conditions of their calling or their lack of, yeah, yeah. is um, always do the small things, always. And, and right. you know, when I'm uh, vacuuming up the youth pastor's office because he's going to move his stuff in later that day. Yeah. Which um, happened in the which last happened calendar in the year. La- yeah, the last. That's because right. that's what ministry is. It's all yeah. the little, little things. It's all the humble things. It's all the things no one ever knows you do. Mm-hmm. Um, to It's all the reps. You know yeah. what I mean? Like how many times did you lead worship for a small group of people? Hundreds. You know, yeah. and, and over and over. So. Yeah, and I heard a pastor say once, it's this mentality of nothing's not my job. Yeah. There's nothing so that isn't my job. Um, the church that I came from, we would have... Saturday evening services, and there'd be 20 to 30 people there. Um, but I made, it was like, I was dogmatic. Saturday night is not rehearsal for Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Saturday night matters just as much as Sunday morning. It's Good. not like we're going to just flub our way through this one because yeah. we have a do-over in the morning with a full house or whatever. Like, that's, I detest that type of mentality, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, and, and I think it's true. And even to the point um, of, like, we had... Um, we had our blue Christmas service this last week and it wasn't crazy huge numbers. It wasn't a full house, but it was an awesome moment uh, to minister to people who needed it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we finished our last song and I said, you know, we're going to leave this space open if you just need to continue to pray and grieve. And like, you know, uh, an event is a success when no one leaves, Mm -hmm. when everybody just wants to stay in the, in the presence and in the moment. And so like, it, it's not about, you know, these aren't concerts that we're putting on and these aren't comedy yeah. acts or speeches that we're giving. And so the numbers are the success. It's the impact that's the success. Right. And you can have impact with you and three people. You can have impact with you and 300, you know, and that's the yeah. that's the key to it. So Yeah, I, I think that um, in Jesus, you know, we see over and over in the scripture, always went to the one. Right. And so we just can never, um, ever lose that 
in our ministries, you know, if you have one or two ladies in your small group, right, that is so valuable to the kingdom of God. You know, if you if you watch three toddlers on Sunday morning in your you know your church's uh, nursery, I just can't explain how much um, that ministry is so much more than. The, the Sunday morning flow or, you know, so as you're listening to this, know that the calling stretches, uh, stretches so huge and so wide and that God, Jesus is always chasing after that one. And that's where our hearts always need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading a book uh, right now actually by my youth pastor. And I love what he said because it's, it, it addresses numbers and it addresses kind of all that, but his whole point, and this is probably another podcast, but it's a conversation Nicole and I had my first year working for her. Um, that time and faithfulness always wins. And his point is that success needs to be measured by our faithfulness. And that's not just for pastors, that's for Christians. I mean, it's a faith journey. And so where is our faith? And uh, are we willing to, you know, trust God that if God only gives you uh, three people to minister to, that's because that, that, don't forsake that. God wants you to minister to those three people. You know, it's it's never about... um, our number or our vision of success it's always about our faithfulness to him and what he wants us to do yeah so. and, obe- and that yes right obedience, that obedience yeah, yeah. to that yeah that's what the yes is it's obedience so so good i read recently um again uh, in exodus right so moses is such a powerhouse of of teaching here but um in in exodus 4 uh, it's it's that bit where uh, moses and and the lord are talking and the lord says um, what's that in your hand? It's a staff. And the Lord says, throw it on the ground. And right before God says that, Moses is kind of questioning, like, I don't know about this thing you asked me to do. You know, we may, we may do this at times. I don't, I didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. You know, like here I am uh, with, with, you know, doing this thing. I didn't sign up for this. And the Lord says, what's that in your hand? Moses says, a staff. And the Lord says, throw it on the ground. Um, and Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And so what does that mean, right? What is, what is, what is the understanding of that? And, and basically what God's showing us is that um, the, the thing that Moses was leaning on, right? Mm-hmm. So that talent you feel like you have or that thing that you can, you can do because you're naturally gifted at it or whatever that is, um, when you lean on it, and, and that's what gets you through. When that's taken away, if you're you know, a control freak, that's frightening, right? right? right that's that's right. counterintuitive. Um, but as long as you hold on to the gift, as long as you hold on to the calling that God has for you and try to control it, God can't use it. And um, it actually, in this devotion I was reading, it gives the um, example of golf. And I know you're a golfer. Yeah. But how do you have to hold your club? Tight or loose? They say. Uh, well, I don't know that I'm a good golfer. Okay. I don't know that I'm the one you want to ask on this. But All right. The, I know that trying to kill it is not ever the answer. So right. probably so, loose. So dr- okay, so, so in golf, when an amateur wants to drive the ball further, they grip the club tighter. But as the opposite effect, the key to a long drive is loosening your grip. Yes, I okay. can attest to that. Right. So so basically what that's kind of the natural representation of the supernatural is Moses' staff represented his identity, it represented his security. It, he, that's the way he made a living. Like he was a right, shepherd. Like right. this, is what, this is what he knew how to do. Yeah. And God was like, no, no, throw that down. Almost as if he was asking Moses to let go of who he was and what he had. Like right. don't, don't live on all the things you think you know. Throw it down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just the question that I think the Lord is asking us in this is what are you unwilling to let go of? Like what is it in your life that... If you would just let go of and give to the Lord, he could use it. And um, oftentimes... Pause. 
whatever yeah. that thing is that just went across your brain when she asked that question, that's the thing. Yes. Like, you don't need to dig any deeper. <laughs> like, when she asked right. the question and something fired in a synapse in your brain, that was the answer. Uh, sorry to tell you that, but that's the truth. So. <laughs> and so, so often, um, if we don't throw that down or we don't give it to the Lord, um, I think that the tragedy is the staff just remains a staff. Mm. And so... That's 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 what you get. You yeah, you get to keep your ability. You yeah. get to keep your skill. Yeah. But here's the the secret or I think the uh, the thing about a calling is if you have the courage to surrender that to God, yeah. it can be so much more than a staff, right? Yeah. It can be this this lightning rod of miraculous power. And so mm-hmm. um so I guess my encouragement, our encouragement to you is um when we hang on to something, yeah, we'll see what we can do with it. But when we hand it over to God, we can see what God can do with it. Yeah. And that's that's really the the key, I think, to, to discovering your calling is to pack all that on in a box and slide it across the table and say, Lord, these are all the things you gave me, these are all the gifts you gave me. I can I'm talkative, I can, you know, right. I can talk to people or I'm an athlete or I'm an artist or I'm a musician or I have the gift of, you know, prophecy or whatever, and I'm gonna give it to you and the Lord will say, Okay, now I can use you. Right. You know what I yeah, mean? So for sure. Awesome. I love it. Well, thanks so much for uh, for doing this, for kind of sharing some of your story. I hope anyone who hasn't heard it is encouraged by it and kind of at, le- at the very least filled in on how you ended up in the seat. And, uh, yeah. you know, I appreciate uh, just the the chance to work in a place where we recognize these things and we, we try to speak life into them for people. So mm-hmm. um, if you're listening, hopefully this was an encouragement to you. And uh, I look forward to sharing more uh, in a couple of weeks, but we'll wrap up this first podcast. Still don't have a name. Uh, we've thrown around some ideas, but nothing has stuck. So we'll see what happens uh, as we as this unfolds in 2020. But thanks for listening, and thank you, Pastor Nicole, for sharing today. Uh, I appreciate it.